Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I'm your host, Zach Van Norman, coming to you live from Seattle, and I am joined by my Orlando-bound co-host, Amy Hood. Hello, Amy, darling. Hello, darling. How are you? Doing fabulous. It's a sunny day here. I think I'm getting some Florida weather. How are you down there? We must have switched weather because we are under tornado warnings and getting torrential downpours, which on one hand is kind of good for my Oz garden that our, I'm sure our listeners have seen the pics that I've posted on our Twitter, but my flowers love it, but uh, I'm not so sure about all this rain and wind. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, tornado warnings are pretty serious stuff, so I want to let everybody know if you're in one of those zones. So, you know, please be safe and careful, and, you know, hopefully if you're listening to us, you're using it to buy the time while, you know, some stuff is going on. So hopefully that, you know, all that situation will pass you rather quickly. So let's go ahead and get into uh, the news roundup and get into our um, episode discussion here because a, uh, a lot of answers took place in this episode. We got a lot of answers on the, the missing year, the lost year, if you will. So let's dig on into our news, and then we can get on to the episode discussion. So I just want to let everybody know that the chat room is open. I'm going to issue my usual disclaimer that Sometimes it does take a couple of page refreshes before the chat room is open and you're able to see it. But I do see that we've got some uh, people in there already. I see Anthony is in there, Lori Hancock, Maury, Rose, and Marie from Argentina. Hi, everybody. Um, see you in the chat room there. Happy that you're all joining us this evening. All right, so let's dig in with the news. So the first thing that we have today is actually some breaking news just from today in that Juan Carlo Esposito, who plays Sydney and the Magic Mirror and the Genie in the Lamp, uh, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame today. So we want to issue a congratulations to Juan Carlo because that's pretty nifty stuff. Yes, we're very excited for him. And he also had a birthday this week. So we love him. He's so good. He's been in Breaking Bad. He's been in Once Upon a Time. He's done a ton of work. And I we just absolutely love Giancarlo Esposito. He's fantastic. Me too. I think he did a really good job on Once Upon a Time. I, I miss his character, actually, from the first season. And he's also really good as Gus on Breaking Bad, too. So, um, he, that, you know, Once Upon a Time is obviously not the only place that we know and love him from. He's not exactly the same character on Breaking Bad that he is on Once Upon a Time, though. A little bit of a difference there. So. <laughs> yeah, just a little and bit. Amy, yeah, and speaking of his birthday, Amy, I think you've got some more birthday news to tell, to, uh, tell us, which uh, we've got some upcoming birthdays, or at least one. We do have an upcoming birthday. Everyone's favorite huntsman, Jamie Dornan, who we all know has gone on to play Christian Grey in the upcoming film Fifty Shades of Grey. And he has a birthday on May 1st. So, of course, a big happy birthday to him. I have no idea how old he's going to be, but happy birthday to him anyway. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday to... Uh, Jamie Dornan, very handsome gentleman, if I do say so myself. So, yeah. 
happy happy birthday to our favorite huntsman around, and we wish that you would get back on Once Upon a Time soon. We don't begrudge you your current <laughs> success, of course. However, we do miss you on Once Upon a Time, so, yeah, just saying. All right, and then Absolutely. in some other news, too. Yeah, so we just want to give everybody a reminder that the uh, finale for uh, Season 3 is going to be airing on May 11th, which is uh, Sunday in two weeks. So not the Sunday that we have coming up here next, but the Sunday after that. It's actually on Mother's Day is the day that the finale is airing. So make sure that everybody has the DVRs and everything set. Uh, Yeah, isn't that interesting that it's going to be on Mother's Day? I think that's kind of cool. It is. Yeah, there's baby stuff going on. Exactly, right. So I know Rose is saying in the chat room only two weeks, How where's the time gone? That's exactly how I feel, too. I can't believe that we're already at this point. Even though, to be honest, um, I'm kind of ready for the end of the season. Um, just because I want to see where it's all going to go and how it's all going to, you know, set up. Um, I'm not necessarily looking forward to uh, hiatus mode, as Lori Hancock is saying in the chat room, but, um, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing how the Oz storyline is going to wrap up and, of course, you know, what Mm -hmm. it's going to hint at for what's going to come in Season 4. So we can all start speculating for Season 4 and, you know, all that kind of thing, too. Um, You know, on that note, we just want to let everybody know, too, that we do have a lot of uh, summertime stuff going to be planned. Um, for some coverage. Uh, if you'll remember during the winter hiatus, Amy and I went through and we rewatched a bunch of episodes. We're going to be doing the same thing again um, during the, uh, the, um, the summer hiatus. We just have to figure out what episode and when and you know, how we're going to figure all that stuff out. Uh, we also want to hear from everybody, too. You know, last, um, during the last hiatus, we moved it to Sunday nights, and uh, we want to know what everybody thinks about you know, keeping it on Tuesdays versus moving it over to Sundays. So um, if you're in the chat room, share with us now. If you're listening to the podcast after the fact, if you're not listening to it live, you can send us an email at OUAF, as in fanpodcast at gmail.com, or you can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Um, we're Once Upon a Fan one, yeah, Once Upon a Fan Podcast on Facebook and OUAF as in Fan Podcast on Twitter. So we do want to hear your guys' opinion. Let us know what you think and how you feel about moving it around. And also let us know if there's any episodes that you want us to watch and kind of give our analysis on because we want to hear from you guys too and incorporate what you guys want to see over the summertime too. Uh, we also got a couple of fun projects coming up, which we are not quite, well, maybe, yeah. Should we announce them now, Amy? What do you think? Should we actually give some details or should we just hint at what's to come? Uh, I don't know. It's so torn because I love the idea for these projects. I think they're going to be so fun, and I think it's a great way to help ease the hiatus pains that we all go through during the hiatus. But that came up with a really great idea. It's just it's going to end up involving the staff of the fan site, and it's going to be just a really fun project. So I'm so excited for it. Yeah, um, I think we'll leave the details out this week, but next week everybody stay tuned because next week we'll be announcing, you know, some of the uh, the summertime projects that we're going to have for Once Upon a Time or Once Upon a Fan, you know, the podcast on the main page. We've got some fun stuff coming up, so I want to make sure that everybody is aware of that. In addition to the fun projects that we have that we're going to tell you guys about next week, we've also got some conventions that are happening uh, throughout the summertime, and uh, Amy has some information on those for us. I do. Before I mention the first one, I forgot during our birthdays that we have a very, very important birthday that is actually today. 
And that is friend of the podcast, Rose, who's in our chat room right now. Today is her birthday. So if everybody else is in the chat room, say happy birthday to Rose because she has been such a great fan and such a great supporter of the show and of the fandom and just really, really great one, sir. So happy birthday, Rose. But, okay, now that we've done that, you'll get 5 million happy birthdays. The first thing that we want to mention about the con season coming up is, of course, Spooky Con, because that's the first one that falls in our schedule. That's the one that's here in Orlando. We have Lana Perea, Rebecca Matter, Lee Arenberg, and Sean McGuire, who are all going to be in attendance for once, as, as well as a ton of people from, like, the horror genre. They just got the schedule and the photo op information on pricing up. So if you haven't been to their website, SpookyEmpire.com, in the last couple of days and you are going to attend, definitely check that out because it will help you plan out your weekend. You want to make sure I'm already looking at my times and scheduling when I need to be where so we can get the best photographs and the best you know, autograph sessions, and there's going to be a Once Upon a Time cast panel. So we're very excited about that. We're working with SpookyCon, and they're actually going to allow us to uh, cover, uh, since we're going as press, we're going to be covering that Once Upon a Time panel. So we'll definitely have that for you guys. We're going to be videoing, photographing, and things like that. So that's coming up for SpookyCon. All the pricing, all the information is on there. They've got all these parties planned and you know, pool parties and Day of the Dead parties. There's a comedy show, and they have tattoo artists. I don't know if any of you are familiar with L.A. Inc., but they, she, the, one of the artists from L.A. Inc. is just one of the tattoo artists who's actually taking appointments for the SpookyCon weekend right now. So. Depending on finances, you guys might see me in there getting a uh, getting a little apple tattoo or something, some sort of evil regally thing. But anybody who comes out for that, I hope that you find us and we want to take pictures, get loads of costume shots with everybody, or just talk to some of the fans that are coming out. So definitely excited for that one to be coming up very soon. I would love to join you guys there. I wish that I was able to go. Um, I would especially love to get some more work done to my Once Upon a Time tattoo on my on my right arm that I have because it needs some more. It's it's sadly lacking. I haven't had anything more done to it since I first got it, which you know it's slacker on my part, I'll admit. So yeah, um, for anybody who doesn't know, actually, I don't think I've ever talked about that. Um, I have a tattoo for the show on my right uh, forearm. Um, I'll take a picture and I'll post it on the Facebook page, but I'll also describe it to you if anybody can't see it. So um, it's basically Prince Charming sword going to an apple that has a bite out of it. And then underneath that, I have a swan that has um, Emma's two necklaces that she wears on. And then underneath that, I have Henry's storybook with a little bit of some purple and a clouds forming around it. But it's it really needs some more work. I want to add some more to it, like Rumpel's dagger and chip and a bunch of other stuff. So I wish that I could get that, that stuff done at the convention. I think that would be really sweet. Um, <laughs> we have more conventions coming up, too. We've got the Fairy Tales 2 convention in Paris in June. Um, okay. and, let me see. Amy, sorry, your voice is kind of cutting out a little bit earlier. Did you already mention this? Say no. no, no. I was just talking about Spooky. The Paris <laughs> convention is another huge one. 
that's coming yeah, up. Yeah, because Lana Priya, Emily DeRobin, uh, Robbie Kay, who played Peter Pan, and Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood, will all be in attendance. Um, mm-hmm. Additionally, which is kind of exciting for those of us fans who are here in the States, um, we've gonna ha- we're going to have some coverage from that convention as well, even though it's in Paris. We've got two staff members who are going over to that one, um, our editor-in-chief, Gareth Hughes, and also our beta editor and one of our Origins authors, um, Teresa Martin. They're both going to be going to the convention in Paris in June. Very excited for them to, number one, I you know go to Paris because who doesn't want to do that, and number two, to get to go to the you know, that convention, I think it's pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, like Rose is saying, ooh la la, très chic, you know. So um, I think it would be really cool. Can't wait for that coverage. And then, of course, we've got um, our coverage of, of uh, San Diego Comic-Con coming in July. I will be attending for Once Upon a Fan um, like I did last year. Um, yeah, um, bringing you guys some interviews from the press room once again, uh, hoping to get on the uh, – you know, on the press line like I did last year, um, instead of going to, like, the tables that they do some of the other interviews at. Uh, last year we were really lucky to get the, uh, the press line, so I'm, I'm really hopeful that we can do it again because um, to have that kind of follow-up with them I think would be really cool and, you know, so we can all kind of see where we've all, you know, come from there because I'll be honest, last time I kind of stumbled over my words a little bit, I feel, and so this time I really want to, you know, do it right and do everything the way that I should have done it the first time. So, uh, that's just more of a personal standpoint, so I know a lot of people about that I did a good job. So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we've got some stuff coming next week. We'll be teasing you guys. We'll letting you guys know what our summertime projects are going to be and then also uh, probably a little bit more about what the summertime podcast schedule is going to be as far as what episodes that we've watched. Um, we have already watched a number of episodes, so, you know, we don't want to rewatch those ones, but I do think that they're important. So, um I'll huh, have to figure that out. I don't want to. We might have to just run some reruns. We might have to go on a hiatus for a couple of weeks, Amy, while we <laughs> just run one of the older episodes. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll find out what's going on there. So um, that's pretty much it for the news uh, for this. Okay. Yeah, this episode of the podcast. So let's get on into the episode discussion. Uh, we've got a couple of questions that we're going to be going through too, and you know, a couple of different things that we're going to be talking about at different points of the episode, like Glenda and, you know, who cast the curse and things like that. So, you know, if you're in the chat room, you know, just kind of previewing that for you, get your thoughts ready because we do want to hear what you guys have to say about all that stuff too. So, all right, let's do this. So the show starts out with, um, you know, we've basically got a flashback. And Snow and Charming have gathered the people to announce their pregnancy. And Regina, who was wearing a fabulous necklace and coat, if I do say so myself, uh, isn't yeah. very happy about it. Um, she says, you're announcing you're pregnant. It's not like you invented the wheel, um, which I thought that was, you know, I thought, that, I thought it was, again, you know, Regina, her one-liner, she's really got some great ones this season, and I thought that was another good one, too. Um, you know, basically saying this is no big deal. Because, I mean, she's obviously thinking of the Wicked Witch and the harm that the witch, you know, that Zelina could do, so. She has good intentions right. from it, but still it's just kind of a funny you know, little thing for her to say. Um, I love this. Snow and Charming are now the leaders of their land. They're both wearing red. Um, first of all, you know, you can't help but notice that if you've been listening to the podcast. And you know, uh, I've got a color theory going on where red means power. And so obviously the two people who were in power of the kingdom and leading were both wearing red in the scene. And I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Um, I also love the fact that Snow's dress in that scene kind of looked like, it looks like her mother Eva's dress from uh, uh, The Queen is Dead. 
So uh, I like how that, you know, that is kind of carrying through as well. I thought that was pretty nifty. Um, what did you think of the dress, Naomi? I loved it, and I actually first noticed it before the episode because it showed a picture of Snow in that dress in one of the promo pictures they put out. And the thing that it reminded me of, aside from Eva's dress because of the red coloring, was it had those sleeves that are very similar to the Disney animated. She looked yeah. so Snow White. Even her hair, the way it was pulled up in the back, it looked shorter and almost like the animated Snow White do. I, you know, I thought it was so reminiscent and parallel to the way that the animated Disney version of Snow White looks. And I loved it. I loved so many of the costumes in this episode. Oh, my God. I Every, like, ten minutes, my husband was like, okay, I get it. You like the costumes? <laughs> because I kept like, ooh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. So, yeah, this was one of the ones that I absolutely loved. Me too. I'm glad that you picked up on the sleeves um, looking like the animated Snow White version because I agree. I caught that too. And, um, uh, oh gosh, I was like, oh, I love her. I love seeing Snow White in queen garb. Like, she is the Snow Queen, so to speak, you know, like kind of mm-hmm. haha, frozen reference there. But I love that she's, <laughs> you know, like, because, you know, you normally when you reference Snow White, everybody always thinks of her as the princess and you never really think of her as being like the queen. So I love that her outfit is changing to reflect that more right that you know she just that she's actually she you know she's got some regal wear herself because frankly you know as much as i love regina's dresses and i understand that you know jenny goodman is pregnant right now so they obviously couldn't get to you know they had to make it look appropriate at the same time because of mm-hmm. the timeline and everything i really can't wait to see if there's going to be anything going on you know in season four after she's had the baby to where snow gets to wear that kind of fancy snow or rather queen kind of outfit more often, because I would, I would like to see that, because, you know, Regina's not the only queen. I mean, Snow White's the queen, too, so I want to see her wear some queen clothes. I think that would be amazing. And I think, oh, my God, I just keep thinking watching these episodes how cute Jenny looks. I mean, I know she's pregnant in real life and she's pregnant on this show, but she just looks so adorable, and her and Josh together are just, they, this was one of my favorite snowing episodes. I'll just say that right now because I thought there were some really great moments between them. But I think Jenny has just been fantastic in the past. As somebody who's been pregnant, I can tell you it's not always uh, easy to put 100% into everything you do when you've got a, you know, a hagen ball in your stomach <laughs> growing. But, yeah, I thought that this was a really great snowing episode, and I'd love to see her in more queen type uh, regal attire. Yeah, word. I love that you mentioned hagen because that's actually a, one of the lines that I thought was funny. <laughs> um, so at that point, Belle shows up after, you know, Regina is told, you know, snowing, basically don't make this announcement. Belle shows up, and she relays the story of Rumpel's resurrection and what happened to Neil you know, while Aurora, you know, she's warning against the pregnancy announcement, and then she and Philip finally tell the group the truth about Zelina's threat to hurt their child. And then Zelina arrives and changes Philip and Aurora into flying monkeys, and they fly away. Okay. Uh. But this, this, is impor- this is important because of something that happens later on in the present-day storyline. So... Right. Don't don't forget the fly, the flying monkeys. Okay, Philip Aurora and the flying monkeys. We're going to talk about that later. 
So then after Zelina has arrived, she freezes Snow, Charming, and Regina. And then, you know, like makes her threat and all that good stuff. Okay. Why didn't, like, did she not know at that point that she could cast a curse to go back in time? Like, did she not have it figured out yet or something? Did she spend the next month, like eight months, figuring it out? And here's why I asked that. She could have just taken Regina's heart right then in that moment. And the whole thing would have been done. So I, I was kind of confused, unless it was just part of her whole plan to, like, have this drag out and really be like this big torturous process. I don't know. But I mean, maybe that's the way that, Oh, you know what? Maybe that is the way that it worked out because maybe somehow, and this is a theory of mine that I have going for the end of the season and it may not amount to anything at all, but it's still a theory that I have just because I want Wonderland to work into the story somehow. I want Zelina to find Jafar's lamp and let him out and then have Jafar help her figure out the laws of magic and changing like, you know, like time travel and stuff. Because he already right. did that on Wonderland. So I want them to work Jafar in so then Jafar can be the big villain for season four, and then they're incorporating Wonderland in, and then everybody can go back to Wonderland and see what happened there, and then that show will have more viewers, and then hopefully it'll you know, maybe get renewed even though it's already been canceled. Because, you know, I'm going to fly my Wonderland flag until the end too, just like my Neil was alive flag. Because, ha-ha, he was alive in this episode, so, you know, there's still hope. Okay, so... Um, then, <laughs> then we get the opening title card, and I love that the flying monkey flies through the O of Once Upon a Time and then at the screen. It was like, I wish I had 3D glasses and a 3D TV during the opening credits, because I thought it was pretty nifty. Yes. I love that. So many flying monkeys. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, to answer no. your question, maybe she didn't do the whole time travel cast curse thing because she's waiting on, you know, the royal baby to finish uh, cooking there. Because she obviously needs it. So this whole Storybrooke thing was kind of a hitch in her plan. Yeah, that's you a good point, I mean? too. Okay, so that's, that's valid. Okay, so that's, that's a reasonable thought. I'll accept it. I, I accept, Alex. I, we accept your answer. Okay. So um, <laughs> time travel, magic, logic, once upon a time for a thousand, please. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, after the opening credits, eight months later, we see that Snow, Charming, Robin Hood, Regina, Granny, and Belle are having a war council just like in the pilot, and I love it. I just love it. Yes. Um, Grumpy arrives, again, like the pilot, and he announces that despite the search by all of the fairies, they can find nothing to defeat Zelina. And Snow says this line, which I thought, and it leads to an exchange between her and Regina that I thought was funny. Snow says, it's happening again. I'm about to give birth, and an evil sorceress is threatening the future of my child. And Regina replies with, to be fair, the first time I was threatening you. Everyone else just became yeah. collateral damage. Okay. Love it. Yeah. I also love that Regina's hair looks just like it did in the pilot, like with the long ponytail. Oh, like kind I love of the, that. The long, yeah, the long pebble Flintstone ponytail. Yeah, loving it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, yeah, Rose is saying Granny Knitting was making her laugh, and she must be making something for the baby. Oh, that is adorable. Oh, my gosh, what if Granny knitted the original Emma blanket, and she's knitting the new baby's blanket, too? Oh, oh, I love it. Because in the pilot, if you go back and watch the pilot, she's knitting, she is knitting Emma's blanket. You can see some of the shots that it's in. I never even thought to even look for that. That's awesome. So cool. That's sweet. Okay, cool. So, um, 
So then um, Granny or Grampy says, remind me again why we forgave her, meaning Regina. And she says, because I'm helping. Um, <laughs> so then they all discuss, you know, breaking into Rumpel's castle and, you know, because they need help stopping Selena's curse, obviously. And Robin Hood, you know, he offers his knowledge up because he meant, you know, he mentions his previous break-in and he's got experience doing that thing already. And Regina gets all happy with him and asks him what he's still doing here. And he says, what I'm doing here is saving your ass. Well, snap. <laughs> wait a take it to the evil queen, absolutely. And you and she and she shuts up too. That's the funny part. Like I I think that it's it's pretty funny. Um and then so Snow decides that, you know, despite Regina's, you know, objections, that Robin Hood is gonna join them and they're gonna go to Rumpel's castle. So then um and again everybody, we're going through the uh the storylines as they happen, not the episode chronologically. So as the flashback story continues at the Dark Castle, you know, Regina, Robin Hood, Charming, Snow, and Belle are all in the castle, and they enter. And Regina's about to open the door to Rumpel's trophy room, but Robin tells her not to, and she goes for it anyway, and he shoots an arrow at it, and the door disappears in this big old burst of flame. And I love it. First of all, Regina's outfit to die for. The blue fur, the whole thing, it matches what she was wearing at Neil's funeral. Loving it. Loving it at Water Castro, if you can hear any of this. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Hello. Um, so then Regina so gets, Yeah, it's so gorgeous. And then Regina gets mad for the arrow almost taking off her head. And I was so like, oh, off with her head. That's totally like a Cora thing. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, and then Robin Hood says that the door... Um, you know, the door almost took her arm, basically. And, you know, right. where he comes from, thank you, will suffice. And then Regina says, another one of my favorite quotes of the evening, where you come from, people bathe in the river and use pine cones for money. Oh, my good gravy. <laughs> uh, such a bitchy line, but, like, he, he kind of smiles it off. It's like they have this amazing banter, and I'm glad that they have, shown it just it does not feel to me i'll say that you can see where they kind of how they're starting to come together when we see the flashbacks and how that translates to them getting closer and closer so you can understand the bond that they have in the modern times. i think it's great i love i love them together yeah it's a great juxtaposition for sure i'm really fond of it Mm -hmm. myself yeah good um so then they find Rumpel in the cage in his trophy room, and he is totally nuts, though. He's, you know, talking in rhyme and making absolutely no sense to them. They don't understand what he's saying about having two minds and all that other stuff. We do as the audience because we know that Neil is, you know, within him. But, yeah, mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on. So then Belle goes over and asks him how did they defeat Zelina, and he says Glinda, the Witch of the South, who was banished to the north. And I thought that was pretty nifty. Nifty, Jesus, mm-hmm. I can't even talk. Nifty. Um, just because, like, she's the witch of the south, banished to the north. Like, maybe that's why her magic isn't so powerful, because she's not down south. Like, maybe that's the reason why. You never know. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty interesting. Um, so, and it was such a great scene. Like, Robert Carlyle is really doing an amazing job portraying Rumpel's, like, total just off-the-deep-end madness, don't you think? I do. I love Nutso Rumpel. I absolutely, I mean, obviously we know now he's not nuts, that he's got literally two minds inside of him. But he does that so well. He is coming off like an insane imp, 
you know, just this crazy being in the box and he's still so witty with the rhyme and smart and, oh, I think it's, this is some of his best stuff. I love it. I've always loved Rumple. I preferred, you know, to his some of his gold scenes, which I love Robert Carlyle in general at both, but I love the Rumple stuff, and I think this is just great. I absolutely love what they're doing right here. Me too. I think he's really knocking it out of the park. Um, I find it I find it amazing, and it's really just, you know, a sign of how good of an actor he is. And also, too, probably Lana Priya, I should give her credit as well, because the fact that these characters can continue to develop in this way in such slow and subtle ways that really just introduce a whole new facet of them and show a completely new side of them so often is amazing to me. So, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, really, I tip my hat to the both of them because it's just an amazing, an amazing performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then um, later on, Snow, you know, Charming and Regina are in the forest, and they're seeking Glinda. They're seeking the door that Rumpel tells them about. He tells them that there's a door that's in the forest, and they have to find it, and that's where she is. Um, and, he, and there's a rhyme to go with it, which, you know, I stupidly did not write down. But, um, you know, that's okay. So uh, I'm sure that somebody in the chat room or somebody somewhere will have it. Um, hint, hint. So... Um, <laughs> You know, Charming Charming stops to give Snow a snowbell flower while Regina, like, you know, berates them, basically saying that, you know, that we have more important stuff going on than you guys stopping to smell the roses. And I'm sure that, you know, they have a point. Yes, it's true. But um, it's still, you know, yeah. So, um, I love that the rhyme has to do with them having to be pure of heart to make it through, you know. I love that. I thought that that was because you just know as soon as they say that, that Regina's not going to be able to go through that door, and of course that's what happened. But I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so they do end up finding the door, and um, go have you know again happy birthday, Rose. I see that you're leaving us in the chat room. So happy birthday and so have a nice dinner. Okay, so. Um, let me see here. So where were we at? Uh, yeah, okay. So they stop to smell the flowers, and then they find the door in the forest, and Snow just charges her way through, and then Charming goes right after her, of course. Uh-huh. And when Re- and Regina says that it's a simple portal, with, you know, or a portal with a simple cloaking spell, and then when she walks through the door, she doesn't go anywhere. And it's pretty – she gets mad, and it's pretty funny that she's just like, because she's yeah. obviously not here. So, yeah. And I think it's so funny. Um, yeah, only the pure of heart can pass. So then snowing, snow and charming, they find themselves in a snow-covered forest, which I think is, you know, obviously pretty cool. And um, let me see. I, I feel that somebody has the rhyme. Amy, do you, do you know somebody who has the rhyme? I think you might know someone who has the rhyme for the door because now yeah, we're talking about yeah, I think Sarah posted it already, but it was through the door, step inside, if pure of heart, then she won't hide. There we go. Thank you very much, Sarah. I love you. You very much. Thank <laughs> you very much. I really appreciate it. So, Glenda appears there, and she tells them that she's the witch of the south in the snow-covered forest, that they had to, you know, figure out the rhyme to pass through the door. Okay, cool. 
So she was, and then she also tells him that she was banished there. And we're obviously going to find out more about that in next week's episode, as we saw from the promo, which we will, of course, discuss at the end of the episode, at the end of the podcast, that is. So then, I can't wait. Um, yeah, um, Snowing asks, um, you know, about Regina being able to come through, and Linda tells him that her heart is heavy with vengeance and only a good witch can pass through the door. Snow says that she's not a witch, and Glenda tells her that she knows her name and that she senses powerful magic in the new baby. Now, that is very significant, and I think it plays into what's going to happen at the end of the season. And, oh, I forgot to mention, too, at the end of this podcast, Amy and I are going to be doing our finale predictions. So we're going to basically say what we think is going to happen, not only next week, but also, you know, kind of in the finale in general, we'll get to that. So, you know, stay tuned for that at the end of this podcast. So then Glenda tells them that her magic is not strong enough to defeat Zelina and that it never was. And she talks of their past friendship before Zelina gave into her dark magic. And this is the part that I find interesting. Glenda says that she gave Zelina her pendant, her necklace, to focus her powers. I have said since the very beginning of this whole Oz thing that Zelina's necklace somehow had something to do with her. I even said it, Amy. I said that her magic was in the necklace. Do you remember? Yes. Yep, I do remember. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually said, like, it's in one of the very first podcasts, like the first or second one back after the, the hiatus. It's either in mm-hmm. New York City Serenade or uh, Witch Hunt. It's in one of those two podcast episodes. I called this weeks ago, so I am very happy that my theory has come true. Very excited about that. Um, yeah. And then she says that um, only a purveyor, Glenda says that a purveyor of light magic, which is magic made from true love, only mm-hmm. somebody like that can destroy the necklace and defeat Zelina. Now, Snow and Charming automatically assume that it's Emma, and Snow decides that they have to enact the Dark Curse to return to Storybrooke and then have Emma save them. Okay, so here's where we go. Here's the first question. So now we know, this is the first answer that we got, really, of who cast the curse. So, actually, let me, let me ask you this first, Amy. What did you think of the Once Upon a Time version of Glinda? I liked her. I like Sunny Mabry, who plays Glenda. I thought it was, you know, nice that they didn't go with the big, poofy, pink dress. They sort of went with a more subdued, it looked kind of silver to me. I still love the idea, and you guys know I've been holding on to this since the beginning of the four witches from the main book. So I really hope that we're going to come into at some point see something about the four witches play in. Um, I really liked this version. I like that she was banished to the north, you know, the complete opposite of where she ruled. And, but she was banished in, of course, the Enchanted Forest out of Oz. So I don't know. I love the necklace, love that tie-in, and I like that we're going to see more about it and excited about next week's episode probably as excited as I've been for just about any episode coming up because of all the Oz good stuff that's coming. So, yeah, I, I really liked Sunny Mabry as Glenda. I thought she was excellent. I'm really glad that they – I agree with you on the point of the dress. I'm glad that they didn't go with the big pink poopiness, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that, you know, the Witch of the – I think it's kind of cool that the Witch of the South is – she wears more silver. I think that's kind of interesting because even in the preview that we saw for next week, she's got on some white, you know, some white puffy fur. 
Um, so, uh-huh. like, you know, south, like far south, like Antarctica, penguin south. Like, that's what it looks like. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, I really think that that's pretty cool. Um, I do want there to be some kind of bubble aspect to her. Um, I would love it if, if, like, if she appeared in, like, a big, you know, column of, like, poofy bubbles or if, you know, she, like, just appeared in a giant bubble, like, if that's how she, if her magic kind Travels of itself that way. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Um, I'm wondering, you know, since she's a witch and she travels in smoke, what color is her smoke going to be? Is it going to be white? Is it going to be pink? Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's little stuff like that. And I know that if I, it's so silly for me to wonder these little things. But I do wonder about it because it's, you know, little stuff like this that matters. The love is in the details, as it were. So, you know, I'm, I'm, into, it. I'm into it. I dig it. So um, now this whole thing of Snow and Charming, assuming that it's Emma who can defeat Zelina, that has to do with my theory that comes with, that I'm going to talk about later on um, in our finale predictions because, uh, yeah, I have a theory. Yeah, we're going to do some theory talk later. So, yeah. So uh-huh. after Snow and Charming have returned from the forest where Glinda is, they tell Regina about their plan to enact the curse, and, of course, she gets all uppity about it because she can't cast the curse again because the only thing that she can – you know, that she loves now is Henry, and he's obviously not accessible to them because, as she said, when she undid her first curse to stop Pan's curse, it put a barrier between all the realms. And so the only way that they can return now, you know, no more portals or anything like that, it's got to be a curse. Okay, cool. I like that that's kind of definitive now. So Charming says that Snow can use his heart to cast the curse, but, of course, Snow is like, no way. Oh, boy. Now we're getting into it because... The next time that we see the, the flashback, we're back at Regina's castle, and she has brewed up the big potion that need, we need for the curse, and all that they need now is the heart. Uh-huh. And Charming Snow have a literally a heartbreaking scene where they say goodbye. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So many feels, I, I can't even. Um, you know, and Snow cast, that was the big reveal, too, is that Snow and Charming are the ones who cast the curse in order to get back to Storybook, that it wasn't actually Zelina who cast it, that it was them. Um, so, yeah, Amy, what do, you, what do you think about, number one, Snow and Charming casting the curse, and number two, the whole Snow crushing Charming's heart? Like, we'll get to what happened afterwards in a second, but what did you think of that scene? I thought that it was a good twist. I like twists like this, where it's something that, is not necessarily expected. I did like that. I mean, it made sense because of the fact that So and Charming love each other. They were kind of the clear choice. I mean, really nobody else there has something or someone to sacrifice that they love so much the way that these two love each other. So I think that it was a logical choice, but that scene between them I thought was just beautiful like the way eye contact through the entire thing you know she had his heart behind her over the the potion but she kept her eyes locked on him and when she you know held his face and told him that she'd loved him since the moment that she first saw him I thought that was probably wasn't it so good so good. I thought that that was so sweet. I I just, I loved that whole scene. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was too much. Like, 
um, Snow and Charming, like, they, they mean a lot to me for various reasons. And uh, to see that happen, like, uh-huh. the whole I've loved you since the moment I saw you and everything else that they said. I, it was, oh, right. it was, oh, and, sorry, yeah, I've loved you since the moment I saw you. And the Charming said, and I'll love you until my last. Oh, well, just put a knife in my heart. Why don't you, Adam and Eddie? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> are you guys kidding me? Gosh, it was so much. It was just, it was too much. So then, um, God, it was just so sad. And I love how Regina was like, you know, she didn't want to do it, and yet she had to. And then she has to put the heart in Snow's hand, and she crushed it. Oh, my gosh, it was just so much. Okay. But then, of course, Zelina said that. There was one scene there while Snow is saying goodbye to Charming, and she and Charming are actually blurry because they're not the focus. The focus is Regina. And Regina yeah. actually looks pain. She feels badly that this is, you know, this is happening to them. You can really see how far that relationship has come between really all three of those characters now because, exactly. you know, she is feeling sadness that this is happening to them. Yeah, exactly. And it plays into, you know, the scene that we had last week in, you know, in a Bleeding Through where, you know, they were talking and had their heart-to-heart and agreed to let the past go. Like, now we know where that came from. Like, you know, that there, that there was an underlying thing this whole time that, that had happened between them that had kind of created that bond. Because now, like, it, their relationship is so different. Like, you know, Angie is saying that Regina's character development has been amazing. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, I really think, I love the fact that the whole curse coming thing, it really mirrored the pilot again and how, you know, the curse was cast and Charming is basically like, you know, you think that he's dead and gone and Regina is there, that she's standing over Snow White who was like, you know, cradling her, you know, Charming's body. And it's just the the body language was all the same. The angles were almost the same. Like it was really, really, like I love how it just harkened back to the pilot. I just thought it was really cool. And then, of course, after Charming falls on the ground, Zelina shows up and she throws a forgetting potion into the curse. And, you know, basically taunt Snow for a pointless sacrifice because they're not going to remember anything that's happened or who she is or anything else. So it was kind of all for no reason. And that's, you know, kind of where it was left at that point. Well, then, of course, later on, when we rejoin the flashback, Snow makes Regina take her heart out. And it's so, like, such a powerful scene again when she says it because Snow is saying that, you know, Regina's asking you, she's saying, if you split my heart in two and put half in each of our bodies, my heart will be strong enough to be for both of us. And Regina's just like, how do you know that it'll work? And Snow's like, faith, you know, belief. And I was just like, oh, man. Like, again, that whole thing with them, like, it always comes into play. So um, I just thought, you know, God, it was just, oh, it was so good. Like, because then Regina takes her heart out, which, of course, echoed back to, Oh, my God, that one episode, which I cannot believe I'm forgetting, the one in season two where Regina takes Snow's heart out. Oh, my good gravy. I don't even remember oh, what it was. tells her to get off her porch. Yes, that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think it was, the one after, it was the one after Miller's daughter. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember which one it was. It was episode 17 of season two. Uh, all right, so let me see. It was... Oh, my God, what was it? What was it called? Somebody. 
Welcome to Storybrooke. There we go. Thank you very much. Okay, so welcome to Storybrooke was that episode. So that was the one where she took her heart out. I'm sorry, everybody, for the little delay there, but I had to find out what it was because we have to have answers here. <laughs> okay, so then, you know, Snow does, you know, yeah, so she splits Snow's heart and puts half in each body, and Charming is alive. Well, so say we all. Thanks to God. Like, oh, my gosh. I was so, you know, which, I mean, I kind of knew, like, when they had first, you know, ripped Charming's heart out and, you know, crushed it to put it in the curse, I knew that something had to be up because he was still alive in the present day. Like, there had to be something right. weird with that. And I, and, I, and I knew he wasn't some, like, reanimated zombie or something. You know what I mean? Like, something had to be up. And I even tweeted it, too. I was like, how, how the hell? What? And I was like, oh, that's how. Like, right. That's, that's the, and that's how, not how I thought, I thought that scene was going to play out. I actually no. thought... I thought that the reason that it was going to be called a curious thing was because that somehow this was going to fall around the time of, because we know Wonderland took place, you know, previous to all of this happening, that somehow the law of magic was going to have been invoked, you know, breaking that to bring him back to life. And that I knew we had already seen him in Storybrooke, but that once they got their memories back, I almost half expected him to fall down dead until, you know, I realized that that's not the way they had played it out. They had split the heart, you know, in half in that scene instead. And then I knew they weren't going to play it out that way. And, you know, and, yeah, and I liked it. The re- another reason why I like it, too, in addition to the fact that, you know, it's really romantic that, you know, her heart is strong enough to be for the both of them. That's just a romantic notion, and I think it's really sweet. I also like the fact that, it, that this also kind of plays into Wonderland and the fact that Cyrus and Alice's hearts were, like, intertwined. It's kind of the same right. thing now. Like, Owen and Charming's hearts are now intertwined. So I thought that it was pretty nifty, and it's, you know, kind of a nice way to tie it in together. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did yeah. like the way that they, that, you know, they incorporated that. Um let me see here. So, and then the curse takes over, basically. I mean, that, you know, that, you know, the curse is just coming for everybody. And now they're going to forget who they were because, or at least forget the last year because of Zelina's, you know, forgetting potion. So after Zelina leaves, after she's done all that stuff, she returns back to Rumpel's castle and Rumpel's in a cage and she gives him a potion that'll let him keep his memory, you know, to basically survive through the curse. And then she takes off. And before Rumpel drinks the potion, Neil escapes out of Rumpel's body and writes the message that Snow and Charming got, you know, or oh, excuse me, he writes the message that Emma got about, or, oh, my God, I can talk today, I promise. Third try, take three. One, faster, more intense. Okay. So he goes and he writes the message that goes to Hook that says that there's a new curse and that he needs to find Emma and he needs to bring her to server. So she breaks that curse and lay up and live happily ever after. Okay, there we go. And cut, print, check the gate. All right, cool. So then, um, he, yeah, he gives it to a dove and then gives it, you know, to find Hook and then he disappears back into Rumpel's body. Okay. All right, cool. So then that's pretty, that was the end of the flashback, basically. I mean, because at that point, obviously, you know, the curse overtook them and brought everybody back to Storybrooke and then, you know, that was it. So, you know, ta-da, ta-da. I really like, and I, I know that Marie will agree with this, I like that the thing that was strong enough for Neil to force his way out of his father's body, even temporarily, 
was something that was fueled by his love for Emma, his son, and to save, you know, her family and Storybrooke and everyone, that that was enough to give him the strength, you know, that message, and then obviously fell back into his father's body. But I I really like that. I love seeing that little glimpse of Michael Raymond James again. Again, I thought it was really good. Yeah, me too. And, you know, um, I know that there's a lot of people out there who swip, who uh, ship Captain Swan, and that's totally fine if you do. I'm not, you know, bashing you or anything like that. And, you know, I think that Hook is a fine character. I just think that what I've done with his storyline is boring. But I will forever fly my Swanfire flag. I do think that somehow it's related to the end game. So um, that's just, you know, how I feel. I'm going to fly my, you know, Neil's Alive flag until the end of Season 4, or excuse me, end of Season 3, and he's still dead. And then I'll accept it. Um, and then at that point, I want Emma to end up with Henry. And that's it. Because I just <laughs> don't think that there are any other characters who are worthy of her at this juncture. That may change. They may redeem yeah. themselves. They may do something that's absolutely wonderful. They may bring somebody new. Heck, they might bring Graham back from the dead for all I know. I don't know. Jamie Dornan may come back after his snow is 50 shades of gray. Who knows? But right now, at this point, nobody is worthy of Emma. And so she needs to just end up with Henry. That's just my opinion now. I ship Emma and Henry together, just mother and son. That's it. That's, I'm totally okay with Emma not ending up with a guy at the end of the show anymore because they're just not worthy of her. Sorry, I'm protective of my swan princess, and that's just how I feel. So, anyway, <laughs> let's get on to the present-day storyline of what's happening there because that's where a lot of the – as I said last week, that's where a lot of the meat and potatoes were in this episode because of, you know, some of the emotion involved, in addition to the snowing goodbye scene, which was tragic and heartbreaking, literally heartbreaking. Um, so when we're in Storybrooke, we find Regina and Robin Hood kissing in the hallway. Ooh la la. Look <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And Regina is wearing this fantastic red dress which does come into play later on is by the end of the episode. You know, she kind of does some stuff and makes some major stuff happen. And, oh, look at that. She's wearing red. Huh. Isn't that funny? So um, I also just want to say really quick, too, that I love what Mark Isham has done with the score for um, or as far as the musical theme for Regina and Robin Hood because it's basically Regina's evil queen theme, just a different variation of it. And I love that just by changing it a little bit, it changes it from this powerful, evil, you know, music track into this kind of sweet, romantic theme for the two of them. So I just think it's a nice touch. Right. I do too. I think the music is so good. And I, again, I love dress. I thought it was, I like that Regina in Storybrooke is getting away from you know, so much gray and things that we saw her in before. I love this red. I love the blue that she's been in lately. Her stuff, the wardrobe has just been fantastic. And I love, I did love this dress. And I love the music for them. And her and Robin Hood, Robin Hood just gets more and more attractive to me every week. <laughs> so John McGuire is, I think he's been a really fantastic addition to this cast and I know a lot of times when we get new cast members in everybody's hesitant because we love our core characters very much we love our core stories 
So everybody's a little, you know, kind of wondering how someone's going to fit in. I feel like Sean McGuire has brought something really fantastic to Robin Hood, to this Robin Hood in particular. I, we've seen, what, hundreds of incarnations of Robin Hood throughout the years and movies and plays and books and everything else, but I really feel like Sean McGuire is bringing something great to this part. I agree. I don't think that they've ever had like a variation of Robin Hood or anything that was given this much time to have some development like this. There's obviously been a million, well, not a million, but there's been many movies made about Robin Hood, you know, and TV specials and stuff like that. And he really does bring something different to this. There's just a, there's a depth to this Robin Hood, kind of this, this quiet, it's almost like, you know what it is? It's almost like, and I know it might sound silly, but it's like the grief that he must have experienced when Marion died, like he brings that forward still. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like the big stuff doesn't really faze him because he's been through so much more. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm making sense. I agree. Sense there, I agree. Yeah, I think he – I was just going to say I I totally agree with that. I think that he's playing the character as someone who has been through one of the, you know, worst losses you can feel, you know. And and that's something Regina's also been through, a lot of loss. But I think the way that Sean is playing this Robin Hood is – he keeps, I, I almost feel like he's keeping that in mind as he plays the character. You know, he's, he's always got that piece of grief, you know, in him. It's always going to be a part of him. Yeah, there's, I, really, I really do love what Sean McGuire has done with this character. I, think, I do think that it's unique. So, yeah, I'm loving it. Um, Regina asked Robin, yeah, I could go on about Robin Hood for a minute, so because I really do like his character a lot, and I have a lot of ideas for where they could take him. So yeah, um, Regina asked Robin Hood what he sees in her, and he says probably the same thing that you see in me, a second chance, and you're quite a good kisser. And Regina says just wait until I have my heart back. Well, shoot, okay. Go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead, Regina, go ahead, you go ahead and get your son. Go ahead, I don't even mind. Go ahead. So. Um, they discuss her missing heart and how she can still feel things, but just not as strongly. And he says that his heart is strong enough, you know, for them both, which totally echoes back to what happens later on in the episode between Snow and Charming. So, yeah, love that. You know what I mean? So, isn't it so cool to think that, like, that's what Regina has now? She has a love that is as strong as Snow and Charming. Isn't that just a, mm-hmm. like I've never really thought about it in that way before? But wow, like. That's some powerful stuff. It is, and I love that line, that that the way that this week's episode was written by Eddie and Adam, and I loved that line so much. I thought that was really smart to put that line in there about him having the heart enough for the both of them, and then later on to see, you know, what happened between Snow and Charming and the whole split heart thing. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, but, you know, with, with the fact that, like Sarah is saying in the chat room about it being foreshadowing, I agree, because okay. I'm not sure how this season is going to end for Regina, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I think that there's a chance that something major could happen to her for a change. Like, she, she may be, like, 
in distress or for some reason or so I don't know. There's I think that there's some to it because if Snow and Charming have a love like that and their hearts can, you know, both beat then you know, or her heart can beat for them both, then what does that say about Robin Hood and you know, is Regina gonna lose her heart? Like is Zelina going to win? Like that's I, oh I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead on my theory. Okay. So anyway, it's gonna keep on going here. I, I bet the chat room's gonna go a little bit nuts though. Okay, so then um Henry comes in and starts kissing again, and he greets her as Madam Mayor, and Regina's hurt, and then he kisses her before she leaves. And she's leaving to go to meet Snow, Charming, and Emma in a room, and they're waiting for her. And uh, Snow says, Regina, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were smitten. And Regina says, if I didn't know any better, I'd say that haagen is smitten with your stomach. Well. Ah. <laughs> she's, uh, she's so naughty. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, not only is the writing great, but Lana's delivery, I just, I just, I can't. There's, it's just too good. I just can't. It's too much. Okay, so then Regina calls Hook the Hamless Wonder, uh-huh, and they start talking about, you know, Zelina's curse and the possibility that they know how to defeat her, and Zelina cursed them so that they'd forget. And they, you know, they need to break the new curse. Okay, well, Snow says that she's grateful, basically, to have Emma there so that she can do it, but Emma says that she's believed in magic and kissed Henry, just like last time, and it hasn't broken the curse. So she's kind of confused. Mm-hmm. And Regina says that it's Henry's belief, you know, magic, that is, you know, it's the belief that's the key. And they have to get Henry to believe by means of the storybook, which is how they got Emma to believe in the first place. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, I thought that, that was pretty, you know, the book finally comes out. I love that parallel. And when that when they were talking about the book and they finally realized, I think I tweeted in all caps. I was like, yes, for the love of all that is shiny and sparkly, someone get the storybook, please. I've been waiting for that for episodes now. Yeah, it's kind of sad that we uh... – that we're only getting it right now. Um, I'm not very happy about that necessarily, but you know, there, we still don't know who wrote the thing and why it magically appears for people. So there are still some answers to come with that book, I think. And I'm excited to see what's going on. And, and I, yes, I want ice cream now too. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, Emma said, or Regina says that the book sent him on the original path to begin with. Now I find her wording there very interesting on the original path. Like, Mm-hmm. It comes into what I, what I think is going to happen with the whole end of the season thing. Okay, cool. So then Emma agrees with her, and so does Snow, and they need to find Henry. Um, and, of course, I just want to say, of course, Henry's belief is important. He is the truest believer. Like, they, he has to believe. Like, of course. Like, and that plays into the whole Neverland thing and goes right back to the beginning of season three, which feels like ages ago because of the fact that the season was split in two. It feels like a totally yeah. separate season, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, I love that they're, you know, that that is coming back into play, you know, again at this juncture. So um, the next thing that we see is, you know, a car driving down the road, and we see that it's Gold's car, and he's driving to go meet Zelina. And she's got a red rose, and he says, a rose, how lovely. And I thought that was very Beauty and the Beast of them, because, of course, in that movie, the Enchantress offers him a rose. You know, she offers mm-hmm. Prince Adam a rose, and he declines it rudely, and that's why she, he gets cursed into being a beast in the first place. So 
I love that they, you know, incorporated the rose factor, you know, back into the story again. I thought that was pretty cool. Very happy with that. Um, yeah, and Sarah's saying that, you know, Aurora is Briar Rose, too. That would have been her name. God, that is one story that I am just so anxious for. I want to see the Sleeping Beauty story on Once Upon a Time. Like, can we start a petition, please? Because for crying out loud, it's missing. I agree. Like, it's, it's like one of the only ones that's missing. Like, we haven't seen that or anything that happened with Mulan or anything like that. Like, she joined Robin Hood's Merry Men, and then Jamie Chung got on a new show. So now she's, you know, permanently in the forest looking for something. Probably She's probably out looking for Poppy still. And, you know, just all this other stuff happening. Like, I want to see these things. I want to see more fairy action. Where are the three good fairies? Where are Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether? Where is Maleficent? Where is the Blue Fairy? Where is Tinkerbell? Where are all of these people? I want my fairies. Like, they have to be able to do something here. It's getting ridiculous. Like, all of these evil people are running around pulling all of these crap and doing all of these stunts, and the fairies are off doing whoever knows what they're going to do. They're off doing their own thing, not worried about the rest of the Enchanted Forest at all, because they're too busy working with the home office to stop magic from running into other... I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. At this point. All, they're all at I know a fairy rave. <laughs> they're all out at a fairy rave, having a big old fairy party. They they care nothing for what's going on right now. They have no time for this. They're in the land. They're having the party in the land without cameras right now. Ain't no fairy got time for that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying though, they don't like want to be it's into monkeys. <laughs> right, right. I mean, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is. There are a lot of fairies out there in this universe of ours, and we have yet to see them featured heavily. And they could be doing a lot more. They could be helping our heroes a lot more in a way that's not, like, cheating. Like, no do- like no Deus ex-, ex Machina, or however the heck you say that, where, like, the solution presents itself out of nowhere and it has nothing to do with the plot. It just comes out of left field and has nothing to do with anything. Mm. Yeah, I just don't want it to be like that. Because, um, you know, that happens enough in stories. So then um, in the motel room, Snow is talking about the storybook appearing magically in her closet, and Regina suggests that they all go look for it. And then on their way out, uh, Emma tells Henry to stay at Granny's, and Henry demands the truth, and Emma yells at him that this time he doesn't deserve it, and she's his mother, and she knows best. And she yells at him in front of Regina, too, which I thought was interesting, especially the look that Regina gives Emma. She's kind of like... Really? Like, why are you yelling at my son, lady? Like, what's your problem? So, um, uh, so then Henry asks for Emma's keys, and he goes inside, and he proves himself to be Neil's son as he tries to run away from Storybrooke instead of doing what he was told, but then Hook stops him. I didn't really care for uh, Hook's master plan here to help Henry get out of town. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand he thought he was saving Henry by sending him away, but I thought it was kind of a, I like Hook, but I don't feel like this is one of his brighter moments, you know. You know what he should have done? You know what he should have done? He should have told Henry the truth. Not send the child alone to New York? <laughs> yes, that, and he should have shown him his hook. Boat? He should yes. have shown him his hook. 
told him the truth. That's what he should have done. Like, when he was introducing him to Smee out, out on the snowy dock, which I love how snowy it was. It was so cool. Uh, it, yeah. it matched the fort that Snow and Charming were in earlier. He should have, like, when, when Henry said, and I loved that part, too. I, I know we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but still. When Henry says, you know, he introduced him, you know, this is Mr. Smee, and he's like, like, in Peter Pan? And yeah. Smee's like, you remember? And Henry's like, yeah, I've seen that movie a million times. That's when Hook should have been like, Listen, mate, it's not a movie. Guess what? And then shown it like shown him his hook and been like, Your mother is the daughter of Snow White and Prince Charming and right now we have to do whatever in order to defeat the wicked witch because she's going to kill you. And then Henry should have doubted all that crap and then been like actually no I guess like, Look at these two pedophiles that have led me to a boathouse. <laughs> that's that's what he would have thought then. That really, actually, you know what, that probably wouldn't have worked because then Henry wouldn't have, like, believed in Emma. You know what I mean? Like, he would have believed in right. magic before there, so, and that wouldn't have worked as well. Okay, so I, okay, so maybe I'm going to backpedal a little bit and say, okay, yeah, it was a good idea. They did it how they did it, but whatever. Okay, cool. So, um, at the Charming apartment, Regina, Snow, and Charming are going through Snow's closet, and Charming says, why do women keep their shoe boxes?" And Snow says, because after true love, there is no more powerful magic than footwear. It has to be protected. Um, true. I, I agree. True. true. I agree. Oh, yeah, those slippers. They're coming back into play for sure. So then they go through more boxes as Emma is, you know, she carries a box out, and the book isn't in there. But then when Snow looks in it, it's there. Okay. What is going on with the book? Who wrote it? Why does it suddenly appear for only Snow White when she's looking for it? How, why, where, who, when, what? Like, give me answers. Adam, Adam and Eddie, I don't, give me answers. I don't I want think answers. that Emma wanted to find it. I think you have to need it, but you also have to want it. And in her heart, Emma didn't want to find that book, so she couldn't That's see it. That's, that's, what, that's what I think. Because that's she wants, really I mean, she's already said she wants to take Henry back to New York, and she doesn't think him getting his memory back is such a great idea. So I, I feel like she couldn't, she couldn't see it because she didn't want to see it. That's a good point. I love it. All right. So um, we got to keep this rolling along because we still got to do our finale predictions, and I can already feel the time crunch coming on, and we got to get all this stuff talked about. And yeah, okay, cool. So then um, Snow and Emma talk about, you know, wicked witches and time-traveling holy wars. As uh, Emma tells Snow, she's taking Henry back to New York after the curse is broken. And Emma says that their lives were good, and Snow says, okay, but it wasn't home. And Emma says that it was to her and Henry, and Snow says that that's because she'd forgotten her family. And Snow is obviously hurt, and Emma obviously knows that she's screwed up because she does a face palm. And, you know, Snow gets up uh-huh. to go, you know, basically, you know, find Henry. Okay, cool. So then, you know, Emma realizes that Henry is gone and, you know, she finds his phone on the GPS and they're at the docks. Okay, cool. And then that's the thing we were just talking about where Hook is, you know, Henry is there with Hook and Smee and they had the conversation about Peter Pan. Okay, cool. So, but then, you know, Hook and Smee and Henry are attacked by flying monkeys. And then Emma, Regina, and Snow and Charming arrive and they kill all the monkeys. And now here's my question, and this relates back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode discussion with Philip and Aurora and the monkeys. Uh-huh. Did, they, did they just kill not only Philip and Aurora, but also, like, Little John and 
like Walsh Basil. and everybody else was turned into a monkey? Like half the dwarves? Like did they just kill a bunch of characters? I don't know, and I wondered the same thing because I mean, I I'm gonna be devastated if poor Team Seven is not eventually back. I mean, you can't have Snow White and not have Seven Dwarfs. You have to have have, to have our fabulous Team Seven, and they're just offing these monkeys like nobody's business. So I don't know. They uh, that was exactly my thought. I was like, oh, I wonder who that monkey was. Every time they shot one and killed it. So hopefully these are just random monkey monkeys and not character monkeys. Hopefully it's just like Davy Jones and the other monkeys. Yeah, exactly. I wonder, many, I wonder how many people listening did not get that reference. Okay, so um, I love the fact that I love the fact that Charming throws his sword like in the pilot to kill one of the monkeys, and then Regina like throws the fireball. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and then and then comes the great scenes. Oh my gosh, the great scenes um, where Emma, you know, she apologizes to Henry and tells him to believe in magic, and he's like, from a book, and she says it's more than just a book, which is exactly what she said or what he said to her in the pilot when they were in the bug on their way to Storybrooke. He says it's more than just a book. So I love that yeah. she said that back to him. And then she asks him if he believes in her, and he says yes, and she gives him the book, and he touches it, and he gets the flashback of all his memories, and they all come back. And it's fantastic because it's just like a land without magic. Only this time it's Henry, you know, who has to believe. And it's just great. Like, it's only they're resolving that situation because Henry has needed his memories back for about three episodes now. So yeah. it's really good to see it happen. Um, I agree. And then Virginia- I was waiting. Finally, I, I every week I was like, please let this kid get separated back soon. Yeah, he's needed them, so it's really awesome to see it. Um, Emma t- or Regina tells Emma to break the curse, and Emma's about to kiss Henry on the forehead, but then Zelina zaps him away and starts to kill him. And Enra uses Emma. Enra, oh my gosh, Emma uses the force to burn Zelina's hands. Basically, she uses magic. She calls forth Obi Wan Kenobi's spirit and burns Zelina's hands and then gets him back. And then um, Zelina mentions how Hook, you know, failed her in the plan and all this other stuff. And then Zelina takes off in her puff of green smoke. Well, unfortunately, Regina is not down on the ground because before she left, Zelina, like, you know, threw her down. So, oh, no, Regina's hurt. What's going to happen? Well, Regina wakes up, and she tells Henry that she loves him, and she kisses him. And it's just like a land without magic. Only Regina breaking the curse. And she says, I love you. And she kisses him. And it was, oh, my God. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. And Regina was the one to break it. I love that so much. And you know that that, as a character, that meant so much to Regina because she was the one whose true love broke this curse. Oh, I thought that was fantastic. I was so glad it was Regina this time. Yeah, me Peter too. Pizza said that was his favorite part. Yes, one of my favorite parts too. I loved it. I love that Regina got to break the curse. Me too. Like, because it kind of really like her arc has come kind of full circle, and now she really is like one of the heroes. Now I feel um, I don't think that she's just one of the villains anymore. So it's it's really nice that it switched around. Um, so then, yeah, um, they were everybody remembers the last year, and Snow and Charming remember the last year. And they tell her about everything that happened, about, you know, how he, you know, they crushed his heart. And, it, well, she they say that they're the ones who cast the curse to bring themselves here. And, and Emma's like, you curse yourselves? 
and it, and it made me think of broken, like we were cursed, because um, they were, and then, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, Emma questions how both Snow and Charming are still alive, and at that point in the episode, we hadn't found out how they were both still alive, so I was questioning the same thing, so I, was, I thought it was funny that Emma was literally saying out loud the stuff that I, you know, was thinking. So then, of course, I assume that that's when, um, you know, that's when, like, Snow and Charming fill Emma in on the whole breaking of the heart thing and how they're both still alive and stuff, because later on, that's when we see that, you know, when we come back to the present-day storyline, Henry is telling Regina about his year in Manhattan, about pizza and the Yankees, and we all know how Adam Horowitz feels about the Yankees, so I'm not surprised at all that that's what he was talking about. And yeah. um, and he's talking about how he got good at math. He says, not Stephen Hawking good, but good. And, yeah. you know, can we please have more Henry scenes? Like, really, Jared is a great actor. It's a good character. You could have so much more going on with him. Can we please have more Henry scenes? Like, please. Like, just a few more. Nothing major, but, like, Henry's relationship with Emma and Regina is what started the whole show, and it's what drove the whole show during the first season. So it would be nice if there could be more going on with that a little bit. Like, Henry is being severely underutilized, and I would love to see more of him. So if there's I think now that he has his memories back, we will. I think we'll see more of him interacting now that he, he's got his memories. I want more of him in season four, too. Like, I want him to, because to, he's getting of an age now that he can, you know, participate more and actually play a part with the adults and, you know, work stuff out. Like, he is pretty smart. Right. Like, that's what, I mean, you know, he's kind of been... I don't like how he's kind of dumbed down a little bit. So, yeah, let's get, let's get Henry back to where he needs to be. So then um, Henry asks Regina who she was kissing earlier, and she tells him that it's Robin Hood. And he arrives right at that moment. And, of course, Henry is thrilled. And who wouldn't be his new, you know, his new stepdad or his new dad, basically, is Robin Hood. Okay, awesome. So he's got Robin Hood and Prince Charming as, like, you know, the role models for men in his life. Sweet. Uh, well, and, you know, Hook, if you're a Captain Swan shipper, which I am not. So, um let me see. After that, um, that's when Emma is questioning Hook about his role in Lena's plan, and he tells her about his cursed lips and all that other stuff, you know, and how he was supposed to take her magic and everything. And then Emma tells him that she can't trust him anymore, and, you know, Snow and Charming tell Emma that he lied about the message that they got, and he insists that he really did get one, that he wasn't working with Zelina. You know, and he questions, you know, who would have sent the message. And, of course, that plays into the flashback because that's when we saw that it was Neil who sent the message. So then Emma takes Henry to Neil's grave, and they put a flower down, you know, and stuff. And they're talking about, you know, how she didn't want to come back from New York and, you know, why Emma came back. And she tells him that she was hearing his voice, you know, telling her to come back. And he says that Operation Cobra is back on. And I was like, sweet. Um, and then... Emma says that she's not sure it was ever off, and then Snow makes a noise because it's time, <clears throat> just like magic. Well, actually, it is just like season two. Magic is coming because the baby is on the way. Yep, it's time. And as Linda yeah. said, there's powerful magic there, so magic is coming. Um, so, again, we've got the curse broken and a baby coming, and she'll probably be born in a big cloud of purple magic and do all kinds of tricks when she's here. So... That is pretty much the end of the uh, the episode discussion. Um, pretty much it, because that was the end of the episode. However, we do have all of our theories 
of the finale. So it's time for it's time for the uh, time for our finale predictions. So, um, oh wait, wait, wait. First, let's talk about the promo for the next episode because there's a very important character who's coming, and yeah. So as we saw in the promo, next week's episode is called Kansas, and as we saw from the promo, Dorothy Gale is finally coming to Once Upon a Time. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm like ridiculous child excited about that. I can't wait for Sunday. I know, me too. Um, very excited. I think it's very interesting that um, she does seem to have a bucket of water that she throws at Zelina at one point because the commercial ended with Zelina's face going all melty on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually plays into one of my finale theories, or at least my finale wish list, if you will. So, Amy, since I've kind of been dominating the conversation here, kind of leading the way, <laughs> I'll start with you, and I want to hear from you, my love. What do you think is going to happen next week and in the finale? How is the rest of the season going to play out, do you think? I already mentioned I'm hugely excited to see Dorothy. And in the promos, we see that Zelina has that pendant, and it's the same color as Glinda's pendant as. So at that point, she seems to have her stuff under control. One thing that caught my eye about the promo next week is that if Dorothy is able to, it looks like she's borderline about to defeat Zelina. You know, she sloshes her with this water that Dorothy must also be a product of true love if she can, could have defeated Selena. If she, because whereas uh, Glinda's power was not that strong. So I'm wondering if there's more to Dorothy than she's just a farm girl from Kansas who got dropped there. And I think that we probably will see that. I'm wondering if somehow Dorothy not only got transported there, but that she was the key to time travel, that somehow, you know, she had the things that she needed, the heart, brains, courage, and whatever it is about a royal child, and that hers was has something to do with how Zelina figured it out. Um, Maybe she is Snow's baby from the future. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be that twisty, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it, you know, something like that play out. Um, Sarah's asking about August. I do think we're going to see August again. I'm not sure where. I kind of feel like it's going to be in the finale because I do feel like my prediction is that Zelina is going to get a reset, but I don't think it's going to go the way that she plans. I don't think everything's going to be all peachy keen and fantastic for her. I think that she may get a reset and everyone will be back and, you know, have a totally different path, but something will have happened that makes it where it isn't what she thought it was going to be and Emma will defeat her. I do also for, I think that, I don't know. I really don't think she's going to get killed off this season. I feel like they might keep her, like she'll be defeated, but I feel like we're going to keep her around for season four. But I think we are getting a a different big bad for next season too, and maybe they'll team up. Do you have any other predictions about the episode, or should should I comment on what you've just shared? 
I think you should go ahead. I think I still feel like I need to see this Kansas episode before I'm 100% sure what I think is going to happen as far as the way the finale is going to play out. Um, so here's a couple of things that I think are going to happen. First of all, I agree with you that Dorothy Gale may be the product of true love. I also have wondered myself if she is somehow Snow and Charming's baby from the future because there's a whole time travel thing coming into play here. But I'm really hoping that that's not the case. I want, her, I don't want Dorothy to be related in any way to any character that exists on the show right now. Um, I just think that it would be fun if she was maybe one of the instances that Tamara mentioned of magic, you know, entering our world before and them having to kind of get rid of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I do think that next week we are going to, I think it'll be a situation where we need an elderly Dorothy, whether um, whether that means that Emma travels to Kansas to, you know, go meet Dorothy Gale and she's like an old woman now, or whether Dorothy is living in Storybrooke and we just don't know it. Um, having said that, I think it's possible. Seen her a few times. Yeah, <laughs> I think that we may have seen her a few times possibly. She may be the old woman um, that keeps appearing in a lot of different scenes. She was in the diner. She was at Neil's funeral. She Yeah, she, the Ellie woman. She has, yeah, she, was, she um, has a husband, this character, and they look like Carl and Ellie from Up. So um, right, I yeah. think that, would be, that w- she would be a possibility and I also, or, you know, the fact that they may just travel to Kansas and, you know, that's where they will meet Dorothy. But I do think that, you know, while the whole flashback thing is playing out of Dorothy as a young woman, I think that we'll see her as an old woman, you know, in present day stuff going on with Emma. And, you know, maybe right. she'll have some information on how to, you know, how to defeat her. Um I also think that um, in regards to Snow and Charming and them believing that Emma is the one who will defeat Zelina, I think that that's wrong. I think that the baby is going to defeat Zelina, and I think that the baby is going to demonstrate magical abilities just like Zelina herself had as a baby. That's where I think that whole thing is going to come into play. I think that the baby is going to be born. And, you know, Zelina, I think that Zelina will be successful in taking the baby. And somehow the wishing well has something to do with it. But I do think that the baby is going to have something to do with defeating Zelina. Maybe she splashes her with water from, you know, the wishing well. And you kind of like what Dorothy does next week. And then that's what sets the whole thing off. Um, Uh For my own personal wish list, what I really wish they would do is I really hope that when Dorothy threw the water on Zelina, it turned her into such an ugly, haggard witch that the way that we see her now is just like a, a facade, like a spell, almost like a glamour kind of thing. And I'm hoping, right. that, and I'm hoping that the water like washes that away and reveals that she has some like huge honking nose, like in the movie, or that she's just like really, yeah. really ugly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it would be a really cool to show that the entire time, or maybe, you know what, since they say that her insides, you know, like that's what turned her green, maybe it's going to go a step further and turn her completely, like, ugly. Um, right. I think that that would, I think that would be really, really Have cool. Have her outside match her inside. Yeah, Maury in the chat room is saying, I think the baby will just grab the necklace. I, I think that's a very fair possibility, but I'm, I'm just really convinced that the baby is going to be the one to defeat um, Zelina and not Emma. 
Because I also think that that might, that might be an interesting play on what's happened this year with Snow and Charming and their belief in their relationship. Because if you remember back into Neverland, the Neverland storyline, when Charming lied about um, the dream shade and how he was dying about it, um, uh-huh. and how Snow told him then that, you know, that she didn't have faith in, the, or he, that he didn't have faith in their love, rather, by Snow uh-huh. casting the curse and not, like, realizing that the second baby was the one who could defeat Selena, by Snow casting the curse, that's almost like Snow not having faith in their love, too, because she's, like, not having faith in their kid, that the kid would be the same that defeated. You know what I mean? Like, not exactly wow. the same thing. But it's still kind right. of like, it's still, you know, like there are still shades of it. Like it's kind of it's just different shades of the same thing. So I think that that might be um, something that comes into play. I do think mm-hmm. that somehow, like, because, you know, really, if you also, if you think back to at the beginning of season three, even though it was really geared towards Neverland and the Neverland storyline and they weren't really pushing Oz yet because they probably didn't want to reveal that they were going there, first of all. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. Um Emma's whole thing was, you know, all the posters at the beginning of the season said believe in something. And the whole season, right. you know, Neverland really involved on belief, but so does Oz. And Emma's whole thing on her poster was believe that a lost girl can find her way home. And with the whole thing of Oz being, you know, there's no place like home and they're all looking for home, I think that somehow, like, Emma is going to use the slippers to maybe change time so that, like, maybe she still had Henry, but then, like, the curse never happened, or they somehow were living happily. I don't know. But I do think that Emma is going to do something with the slippers to try and maybe change time somehow, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go haywire. I think something's not going to go right with it, and something's going to go wrong. And that might be where season four goes into. But I also do think that it would be fun if, somehow Jafar does come into play from Wonderland and he ends up being the villain for season four. Because really, folks, like I was looking at a collage the other day of Disney villains. There's not really a whole lot left to go um, of villains that are not like animals. Like it would be really hard to incorporate Scar from The Lion King into Once Upon a Time as a villain. Um, It would just be really difficult. The only real villain that we've got left is Cruella DeVille. Um, We've got Madame Mim. We've still got Maleficent that they could use. But yeah, we're kind of running short. And Hades, yeah, but that would bring Hercules into it and just, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not sure what else they would be able to do with that. So there, I'm, I'm curious of who the villain will be. And I do want it to be Jafar because not only will it bring Wonderland more into play with Once Upon a Time, but then that will also open up the possibility of us finally seeing Aladdin and Jasmine because we have not seen them yet. And I would really like to see... Um, the show's version of, you know, of that story and what happened with that. So, right. Um, because I do think that on. Jafar is the big bad. I mean, I, I do feel very strongly that he is going to end up being the big bad or one of the big bads for season four because, I mean, they did not kill him in Wonderland, so they totally left that open. And I really feel like Naveen Andrews is just too good for them not to use him and find a place and we already know that the knave is coming so i'm i i really feel like jafar is going to end up being the big bad for next season can never get enough naveen 
Can you hear me now? Now I can. Yeah, there you are. I was like, whoa, I can't hear you. Yeah, my phone just yeah, my phone just totally died on me. Okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got about two minutes left of the episode, guys. So um, yeah, that that's pretty much those are my finale predictions. You've heard Amy's finale predictions. Um, don't forget that next week uh, we're going to be talking about our summertime activities with Once Upon a Fan as far as fun projects that we have going on. Um, and it's nothing serious, like, it's just kind of, it's just kind of fun, like, just, because I just want to say, because some of the stuff that we're doing may be misconstrued as, as actually giving you instructions and things to do. Not all of them are to be followed. So this is just a parody. What we're going to be doing is just a joke. I just want to issue mm-hmm. that warning now. We really don't need to get sued because, I mean, no. <laughs> First of all, I think that's it for anybody to take from me anyway. <laughs> Second of all, I just don't need that in my life right now. So, yeah, um, we're going to be doing some fun stuff coming up. And then, um, so Sunday's episode is Kansas. We've got, you know, Dorothy coming. And then the week after that is the two-hour finale, and then that's it for the season. So other than the summertime activities next week, we're also going to be talking about um, what we're going to be uh, um, talking about on the hiatus as far as stuff like that. Um, and again, if anybody has any requests, please let us know, either through social media or the email. Um, you know, just drop us a line, let us know, you know, an episode that you want to watch, or if there's something that you've noticed in an episode that you want us to point out, you know, let us know, and we'll definitely make sure that we mention it on the podcast. Um, we've got about 30 seconds left. Amy, do you have anything that you want to say, um, wrapping it up here? Oh, just want to throw out, I think that in the future part of my prediction is I do think that Snow only having half a heart is going to have a consequence, and I think that's going to have to do with Snow Drift. Yeah, I'm curious of what that title means. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we've got Kansas, and there's no place like home coming up. That's it for our podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Good night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.